We've been uh, learning in this series that uh, a person who has discovered the truth and has decided on Jesus will demonstrate change in their lives. They will become more and more like Jesus. They'll look more like Jesus in the way they think and the way they respond. It's something that God says that he has saved us to conform us to the image of Jesus Christ. So it's going to happen if someone has truly placed their faith in Jesus Christ. And then from there, it will deploy for others. Serving your church family, which we talked about last week, and today in sharing the gospel with those in our lives who need it. The most merciful thing God has done for us is to provide us salvation from our sin. And for us, the most merciful thing we can do for those in our lives is to present to them the gospel, to present to them a way that they could have salvation from their sins. Jesus healed physically sick people, but the greatest need we have, the greatest need we have for healing is really spiritual life. It moves past healing to literally giving us life, spiritual life. And imagine what it would be like to be personally involved in changing someone's eternal destiny. It's one thing to pray for someone to be healed and and to see God do a work of healing, but that physical healing doesn't do anything if when they die, they spend an eternity separated from God in hell. But imagine the fact that God gives us the privilege, the honor, the responsibility to be a part of someone's eternal destiny changing from hell to heaven. I would encourage you that if you haven't been here the last several weeks that you you find our podcast or get up on Facebook, our Facebook page, and um, watch the, listen to the videos that we have up there over the last few weeks and catch up. Uh, last week we talked about being deployed to serve our church family. So if you're a Christian, if you're a follower of Christ, you are to be a part of a church family, and then you are to serve that church family. It's something that God has told us that we need to be doing as Christians. And I just want to say three things about last week, about our conversation that we had. First of all, I just want to praise the Lord Last week, that 49% was 47%, but two people, after last week's message, stepped forward and said, hey, listen, we want to get involved, we want to serve our church family. And so, we're at 49%. Now, if you don't know a whole lot about church, maybe you haven't attended church uh, for a while, or, or usually the number there is 20%. 20% of people who attend a church regularly or are members serve the church family, which we learned last week it should be 100% out of Romans chapter 12. Um, but we're at 49%, so we're, we're moving up. So yeah, there you go. Whoever thought that was a good idea, yeah, all right. So 49% of our regular attenders and members serve somewhere in a church. It may not be on a, a rotation basis on a Sunday, because that's where we see a lot of the serving happen. could be during the week, coming in, mowing, uh, maybe making meals for people, uh, that type of thing. But they're involved, and that's awesome. The second thing is this, and I didn't hit this really hard last week, so I thought, well, I'll throw it out here this week for us. But if you're a Christian, if you've put your faith in Christ, then you're a body part of Jesus' body. 
So let's say Grace Point's your church family. Then this is your part of Jesus' body that you're a part of. And so we talked about this on Thursday night. And if you don't come on Thursday night, you're missing out. Uh, Thursday night Bible study, we actually take Sunday's message and we, I do a little summary of it. And then I ask some questions and we try to get a little more practical. But here's the deal. If, if Grace Point Church is, is your church family, and if it's not right now, I would encourage you to make it because this is an awesome church family. Just want to tell you that. You need to come here about 10 to 10, 10 o'clock in the morning, and just watch the people who are serving. And then pretty soon it gets really loud because everyone's out talking, and, and it, which is really cool. It's fun to watch. But if you're a Christian and part of this body, you are, part, you are a body part. You're an arm. You're a leg. You're a foot. You're a spleen. You're something. You're part of the body of Christ. My brother told me one time, he goes, I get it that I'm, I'm a body part, but really, believe me, I'm a spleen. You don't want anything to do with me. You don't want to see me ever. You know, nothing. But we are, we're a body part. And, and here's the deal. As a body part, if we're not connected in, then we're not going to be growing spiritually. We're going to be handicapped spiritually as, a, in, as an individual. And if you're severed, you're just going to sit there and it'll just, you'll just die off. We need each other. God has made it so that we need each other in order for us to grow spiritually, to grow and be healthy. On the other side of that, if you're not involved, then we as a body of Christ are not complete. We're not as effective because we're missing part of our body part. And so we need people involved. We need people serving. And and on top of that, you won't grow in your own relationship with Christ and seeing Him working in and through you. We talked about this again last week, so I'm not going to get into the whole thing, but as we take steps of faith to do life God's way, including serving in our church, we see God at work. And when we see God at work, that motivates us to want to see God at work more and more in our lives. And we become more and more like Christ. It develops community. You have a family around you who cares about you and who will help you and when there's stuff going on in your lives, you can turn to them and get help and encouragement. And so we need you to be a part of what we're doing. The, the last one is this, um, prayer and care team. And I didn't mention this last week. I'm not sure why I didn't, which is kind of dumb of me. But uh, this, to me, is probably the most crucial ministry we have moving forward. This is a group of men and women who have committed to pray for each regular attender and member of our church. So if you are a regular attender or a member of our church, you are being prayed for by me because I have my own list going. And every member or regular attender of our church, I pray for you through the week. And uh, I'm to the point now, I've done this for so long, I could probably tell you what day I pray for you. And if you come to mind the rest of the week, I pray for you then too. So it's not just a little, you know, just to let you know. But we have women, men and women who are committed to praying for you as well. On top of that, they're also, this is a little bit of accountability check for those on the prayer and care team, that on a Sunday morning when they see you, they need to go up to you. If you're on their list, they need to go up to you and give you a handshake and, or a you know, man hug or a, hey, how's it going? You need to check in to see how you're doing. Now, that's not happening. It needs to happen, okay, people? Just, again, accountability. But if they haven't seen you for a couple weeks, a couple three, they need to give you a text, an email, Call you on the phone, stop by where you work. No, <laughs> just kidding. Um, stalk you at night, check your Facebook page. You know, 
No, they're responsible to check in. Hey, how you doing? Now, I think most people would appreciate it. Some people may not really appreciate it, but I think most people would appreciate that. And what we're trying to do there is, as we grow larger in number, as we see people come to Christ, and they connect in with our church family, we need to be making sure that our church family is taken care of. Is that they're, they're looked over, they're making sure there's needs in their lives that we're knowing what those are. I'm just one person. And I can be, I probably be stretched a little thinner than I am right now, but I can only do so much, and I'm willing to admit that, that I am not super pastor, okay? Uh, we as a church family are responsible to take care of each other. And so that's how we're going to be building community um, at a very, if you want to call it, grassroots level in our church. Well, I don't think there's a person um, who's been a part of Grace Point Church who doesn't know by now, Matthew 28, Jesus is talking here, and he says, Go therefore and make disciples of all nations, baptizing them in the name of the Father and the Son and the Holy Spirit, teaching them to observe all that I commanded you, and lo, I am with you always, even to the end of the age. We've been given an awesome responsibility and an awesome privilege to be the ones who go out from this building, go out from our homes into our world to share the gospel of Jesus Christ, to make disciples and to walk along with people who have accepted the Lord and help them continue to grow in that relationship and understanding what that relationship means. And uh, I'm telling you, I don't have time to tell you of the things that are going on within some people's lives in our church family. And they need people from our church to come alongside of them and encourage them. It, again, I, <laughs> I haven't asked permission to, to share, so I won't share, but there are things going on. And I just say, Lord, how, help these people understand your nearness, your closeness, your care for them. And part of that is the church family coming around people and encouraging them and helping them. So today, I'm not going to try to convince you that you need to share your faith, that you need to tell people about Jesus Christ. Because Jesus has given us that command, and it's going to be God who motivates that in you. And we learned last week, if you spend time in God's Word, that's one of the things that actually begins to motivate and motivate your life. So I'm not going to do that. What I want to do is I want to give you some very um, basic, practical things that you can do in your life in order to share the gospel with people. And then what we're going to do together as a church family and the opportunities that we have. So this morning, if you're looking for a, you know, an exposition of Scripture or me breaking out the Greek and impressing you guys with my incredible intelligence, um, it's not going to happen. Okay? So today is very practical, very rubber meets the road, very how, much do you, how can you do this on Monday when you get up and head out to work. We're going to answer three questions. How are we doing in bringing people to Jesus, kind of as a, as a nation, and then as a church, very quickly hit some of those things. And then we're going to talk about what should, what should you do in your world, as I need to do things in my world, and then what is our plan together as Grace Point uh, Church. So, let's hit the first question. How are we doing? I'm not going to spend a bunch of time with um, stats from surveys, and, and research that people have done. One of the reasons why, because if I did that, you guys would walk out of here completely depressed. Because if you do any kind of search of this information, you'll find that we are incredibly, 
ineffective as Christians in sharing the gospel of Jesus Christ with people. So I just got this here. In 1992, 48% of people said that they were born-again Christians. In other words, they've placed their faith in Christ. In 2017, it's just above 30% in the United States. So it's just it's bad. Okay? And I also saw another one that 95% of Christians have never prayed with somebody else to accept Christ. 95% have never had the privilege of praying with someone as they accepted Christ. That is sad only because it's, I get to do it. And it's awesome. <laughs> when you see a person accept Christ and it, it, it kind of dawns on them as to what just happened to them, it's, you want to motivate your, your own Christian relationship with Christ? You, you want to motivate that? Man, share Christ and watch somebody put their faith in Christ. I think one of the reasons why Christians don't, and there's a, there's a multitude of reasons, and I've, again, I've seen studies on reasons why people don't, but here's one that I think hits our church. Um, and I, Greg and I were joking, Greg Hart and I were joking the other day, and I said, just, you know, he said, man, you keep stepping on my toes. And I said, well, just wear steel toed shoes and you'll, you'll be fine. Um, but I, I think for a lot of Christians, they find a church that they like, they get to know a bunch of other Christians, and, and it's like, ah, oh, my safe space. You know, this is where I can go away from the world and I can just, ah, and, and, and rest and relax and, and not have to worry about all the pressures that come with work or my neighborhood or my family who doesn't know the Lord and all that kind of stuff. Which, and I get that, and that's what really, one of the things our church should be about. But the danger is this, and I've heard this said, I love Grace Point. I just love the fact that we're, our size just allows us to be so close-knit. And we get to know everybody. And I, Listen, that is a dangerous place for a church to be. A, a, a church that's, that's sharing the gospel, that cares about people's eternal destiny, should never be thinking that way. Because it's not what Jesus thought. Jesus in Matthew 16, he's talking with Peter, and Peter confesses that he knows that Jesus is God. He is the Son of God. And he says, based on that confession, I'm going to do what? I'm going to build my church. Yes, it's built on the confession that Jesus is God and our Savior and Lord. But he also said, I'm going to build it. That means increasing in the number of people who attend the church that's preaching the gospel. That's just naturally, it better happen. Because if Christians are truly being obedient to Jesus Christ and sharing their faith, this awesome relationship that we get to have with the God of this universe, if that excites us, which it should, we should be sharing that with others. And other people are going to be, man, I want that. And then they're going to accept Christ. And then they're going to want to be a part of our church family because you are part of our church family. And they're going to connect in here. And the seats that we have empty are going to be full. And we can add on more chairs or we can add on services. We can do whatever we need to do. But we need to see our church grow, because here's the deal. Size doesn't affect community. 
I think a lot of people think, well, if a church is small, that church has community. If a church is large, that church doesn't have community. Sadly, typically, smaller churches, there is a sense of community. And in some larger churches, you don't really have a sense of community. But that doesn't mean we don't work towards that. The New Testament church was all about sharing their faith. Paul would come into an area, or Peter would come into an area, and then they would leave. The church continued to grow. Why? Because the Christians were excited about this relationship they had with God, and they started sharing it with other people, and other people became Christians. And then the unity and the community happened because they were all demonstrating Christ-like love with each other. It's not the size of the church that grows community. It's the willingness of the church to sacrifice for each other that develops community. When, when we love, we're going to sacrifice for each other. And when we sacrifice for each other, that develops community. Am I right? I mean, in fact, you'll grow in, in greater amount of community, closeness, if we sacrifice for each other, than if nothing ever happens in our church and everything is good to go. But as we sacrifice, as we work for each other, encourage each other, we get to know each other better, and as we get to know each other better, we, it just, community happens. That's how community happens. And when community happens, the world notices that. Jesus said that. That if, that if we are unified, in other words, if we have community, they'll know that I came from God. And people will turn to that. People are hungry for that. In fact, again, one of the reasons why we have the prayer and care ministry and why this is so crucial, this is kind of the conduit. This is the thing that kind of holds us all together. It's the web, if you want to put it, that holds us all together. People connecting with other people, praying for other people. So there's the spiritual dimension. Then there's the physical side where they call them, hey, I haven't seen you a while. What's going on? Well, I just didn't want to say anything to anybody because I was kind of in the hospital on my deathbed for the last six days and didn't want to say anything to everybody. We're like, no, please say it. Let us know. And then the number of times that that's come back to me, so then I know what's going on because I can't know everything that's going on in everybody's lives. I know it may seem like I can. But the reason why I know what I know oftentimes is because it's coming back to me through the prayer and care team. And again, if, if you want to be part of an awesome ministry, this is the ministry you want to be a part of. Well, to date here at Grace Point, we've been going here for two and a half years. We've seen 22 people indicate salvation, which is awesome. There you go. There you go. Yep. That's the good news. We've seen... Of those 22, as I looked at the list, because I keep track, and um, I'm trying to keep the date with the person, if I know the person's name and all that kind of stuff, six of those individuals are continuing to attend or somewhat attend, they're somewhat connected with Grace Point Church, six of the 22. Some I know are connected to other churches. Some I don't, don't know whatever happened to them. Um, and sadly, that's the case at times. So we've been somewhat effective we need to be more intentional. So here are seven things that you guys can do in your life and that I'm attempting to do in my life. Um, you see there's not seven up there yet, but there will be. So first one, put a grace point yard sign in your yard. This one is so last year <laughs> because, well, it was last year's. So 
Hey, isn't that weird? Look at it. It's red, and then it's orange. Abracadabra! Oh. See, I should have practiced that this week. So we have last year's model. We have this year's model. Last year, kind of wimpy uh, little stand. This one, a little bit more robust. Um, but take one or more, if you have a you know, larger front property or if you have a corner lot, whatever, take one. They're at the back doors um, as you... Back doors? At the doors um, as you leave. I put mine at my back door because I don't want my neighbors to know. <laughs> no, just, kidding. <laughs> just kidding, just kidding. I mean, you guys can tell your neighbors, but I'm not letting them know about me. Isn't that weird? It's red. Um, so put a yard sign in your yard. People drive by, they say, oh, Grace Point Church. <laughs> I was, I was, Tara, I was going to say what I told you one time about another church in the area, but I'm not, because that would probably be bad. Uh, but it was funny, wasn't it? Yeah, it was, okay. Um, something about stealing some other church signs and putting ours in place. But anyways, I didn't... I digress. I didn't mean, didn't mean that. Some of you guys, what church is he talking about? Yeah, grab a church sign, put it in your yard, and then if your neighbors are interested, you can tell them about how great your church is. And say, you know, I'll go with you, so it won't be too scary, and uh, I'll meet, have you meet the pastor beforehand, because then you'll understand him a little bit better. Wear your um, I Love My Church t-shirt. My model, Annette. There you go, there you go. Very nice, very nice. Or your Grace Point, my other model over here. Yeah, not as, not as attractive, but it works. So, <laughs> so wear your shirt. Not necessarily to church. You know, I mean, you can, feel free, because then it's kind of like, we're all a team, you know, we're, you know, high five in each other. No, wear it out. Go to Menards, go to a restaurant, wear your shirt out so people see that and they may ask you a question. Or if nothing else, they're going to see the webpage and they might keep that and you know, look at it and check out what's going on in our church. Here's one we all need to be doing anyways. We've talked about this a lot, but we need to spend time with God in the Bible. Remember, we talked about this a couple weeks ago, that people who do this, there's a bunch of things that happen in their lives and one of them is, they begin to have the same desires that God has for those who need salvation. That God's desire is that everybody would come to Christ, 1 Timothy tells us. Well, if we spend time with God, that motivation is going to become ours as well. So if you're like, ah, I don't really have it, spend time with God because eventually God's going to work that into your heart and you'll start praying and then you'll start seeing things. I don't mean like, you know, I don't mean like strange things. I'm saying you're going to be seeing things in people's lives and you're going to be like, you know, man, I wish there was a way we could help that person. And, and then someone's going to talk to you about the Lord and you're going to, surprising yourself maybe, even start talking about what God's done in your life or what church was like or whatever the case. But it motivates you to share and it also removes the fear that people have because you're going to know God's Word. You're going to have answers for people. Then bring Jesus into your conversations with those who need Christ. Um, so Jesus was talking about this in the, in the parable of the sower and the seed. He says, He spoke many things to them in parables, saying, Behold, the sower went out to sow, 
And as he sowed, some seeds fell beside the road, birds came and ate them, others fell on the rocky places where they did not have much soil, and immediately they sprang up because they had no depth of soil. But when the sun had risen, they were scorched, and because they had no root, they withered away. Others fell among the thorns, and the thorns came up and choked them out. And others fell on the good soil and yielded a crop, some a hundredfold, some sixty, some thirty. He who has ears, let him hear. Now, a lot of times we get all caught up in the whole, well, what about, you know, what if a person is on the rocky soil? What are, you know, let's just kind of wash that. Don't worry about it. The point is, right at the beginning, what do you say? The sower went out and sowed seed. He just literally throws the seed around. And as he throws the seed, it lands different places. But some of it lands on good soil. Good soil not being um, a good person. Good soil meaning the heart's ready for it. The heart's or the ground's ready for it. So as we share the gospel, and in the the different ways that we can do it, that we're talking about here, because really, sharing the gospel, it's not every time you talk to somebody, you have to say, you want to accept Jesus Christ as your Lord and Savior and pray? You know, we're driving right now, I can't close my eyes. It's not, it's sharing Christ, it's demonstrating Christ, it's, it's getting people into a spiritual conversation, asking questions. So we're throwing the seed, throwing the seed, and it's going to land on some individuals whose heart are ready to receive what God has for them. And so we just need to, to have conversations. So things like, can I pray for you? Talking to somebody at work, talking to a neighbor, they're going through a difficult time. Hey, can I pray for you about that? And if it's appropriate, say, I know it's kind of weird, we can step off the tight, can I pray for you now? You know, feel free to do that. Again, if it's appropriate, you know, you don't want to get yourself in trouble at work when it comes to that kind of thing. Uh, is there anything you need or anything I can do to help? Uh, you know, we keep saying that to different people, different neighbors that we talk to, uh, and there's always, you know, some people, oh, no, no, I got it, I got it. Well, that's good. What did you do this weekend? So on Monday, Tuesday, you're talking to a coworker or neighbor. Hey, what did you guys do this weekend? Oh, we went over there, we went over there. Inevitably, they're going to say, well, what did you do? Well, then you say, well, you know, I did some yard work on Saturday, and then I went to church on Sunday. Man, it was a great time there, you know, great music, and the pastor shared a you know, great message, and just all the people there. You can lie when it comes to the pastor's message. Just want to let you know. Um, that's a, it's in Second Hesitations, chapter 3. Um, it says that you can do that. Here's, some, here's an encouragement for you. So in Luke, Jesus says this, when they bring you before the synagogues and the rulers and authorities, so he's talking to the disciples, but the truth is for us as well, do not worry about how or what you are to speak in your defense or what you are to say, for the Holy Spirit will teach you in that very hour what you are to say. Isn't that a great promise? So you're talking to somebody at work, and you're like, oh Lord, I don't really know what to say, but I know I need to say something. And then you just say, Jesus, <laughs> whatever you're going to say. You're going to say, hey, what did you do this weekend? And then they're going to say, hey, well, I did this and that. And then you go, you know, I went to church. And man, it was just really cool. And you know, really, really. The Lord's going to give you what, you what to say. And then even what you say, the Lord's going to use because you're throwing the seed out there. And so we need to make sure that we do that. I, I got permission to share this story, so I'm going to. I, won't, I was going to have him come up and interview him or do it on a video, but I won't. So, you guys know Trina Wolf, and again, I'm not going to make her, I'm not going to point her out, because she'd kick me if I did that. But Trina Wolf and Chris Measley, um, and some of you guys know both of them. Quick story. I get a text 
This is back in the fall. I get a text from Trina. Hey, you said that if we're ever dealing with somebody in our life who's having some you know, issues in their lives, somebody who's not connected to the church, that you would, you would say, go ahead and have them t- contact me and we could do some counseling. Yep, that's fine. Yeah, that's great. Way to go. And she's like, good. Here's her number. She's waiting for you to call her. <laughs> so she didn't even double check to make sure. She just gave her my number, which is good. So as you guys are going forward, if you're talking to people and they're having some issues in their lives or having marriage issues in their lives or whatever, just say, hey, listen, my pastor would be willing to meet with you. You don't have to be part of our church family to do that. And I'll, I'll take the opportunity to do that. So what was happening was Trina had found out from Eli through uh, Chris's son that Chris and her husband were getting divorced. And so uh, Trina takes a step of faith, texts Chris, who she didn't know really well, just said, hey, I heard um, you guys are thinking about getting a divorce or something. I just want to let you know that I'm praying for you. Is there anything I can do for you? Let me know. Well, Chris's heart was ready to receive. And so Chris <laughs> shot back to Trina her story on his text. Just <laughs> Trina's firing back, you know. You could just see the smoke and the thumbs. <laughs> Well, if I got to the point where Trina's like, I'm tapping out, you know, tapping Pastor Harold, it's his, it's his move. So I jumped into the ring, you know, and started texting with her. And anyway, she came in. This is back in the fall. We, we worked through some marriage counseling type stuff. She hadn't accepted Christ, but, and she was kind of hesitant to it even when I talked to her about it. But she started implementing some of God's um, laws, marriage laws, if you want to call it that. Uh, so we have natural laws, gravity, for instance. And gravity just happens to be working no matter where you're at, you know, on the earth. Well, there's some marriage laws that if you implement God's laws in your marriage, that things begin to change because it's a natural law about relationships. So she started implementing those. Sure enough, things started changing. And, and not perfect, but things were changing enough for her to go, wow, that, this is actually working. And on June 9th, I stood up here and I said, hey, if anybody would like to accept Christ as their Lord and Savior... Uh, just raise your hand, and if you do, I'll, I'll go ahead and just lead you in a prayer. Chris was the only one who raised her hand that morning. So here's Trina, which, by the way, a lot of stuff's going on in their lives. Jared's got health issues. They've recently moved. They're trying to get the house put back together. They've got stuff going on, like everybody else does. But Trina takes a step of faith, shoots off a text. Several months later, Chris raises her hand to accept Christ as the Lord and Savior. And I've had, yeah, yeah. I, I've had conversations with Chris, and she's currently on vacation, which is probably one of the reasons why she said it was okay for me to tell a story. But she's on vacation right now. I'm not going to be there. It doesn't matter. Um, but real cool. And, and Trina had a part in that. But so did the women's Bible study. Because Chris had come to the women's Bible study, was asking a bunch of questions, and our ladies stepped up, and they were able to share their own personal stories with her. And that continued to mold and make her heart ready to accept what God has for her. And then she gave her life to Christ. And now, we as a church family need to come around her and her family. We need to help her continue to grow and understand this crazy life that God wants us to live. And I've said this numerous times. What God calls us to do is completely opposite of what the world tells us to do. The world's way doesn't work. Our way doesn't work. Only God's way works. And it's completely opposite oftentimes of what we think we should be doing. 
The sixth one is invite people to church. They say 25% of people you invite to church will come. Um, and sometimes it takes more than one time to, to invite, but invite people to church. Have them come and be a part of what we're doing here. I would just say this, make sure you're here. Okay? If you invite somebody, make sure that you show up as well. Just gets awkward. You know, have you seen so-and-so? And I'm like, no, I haven't. Oh. Well, they invited me. <laughs> um, just kind of a, you know, just something to think about. And then meet physical needs. So we have uh, these grace baskets, one sitting up here. They're really heavy, by the way. Uh, it's got a week's worth of food in it. It's got our information for, about our church. So if there's somebody in your, in your life who's struggling financially, um, what we do is we give them a week's worth of food, and that, that way they can take some of that money and put towards their financial needs. But that's for anybody who wants to take those. We've got a couple set up, and we can get more set up for you. Um, we got crisis care packages that we're working on, and that's for those who've gone through tragic situations. So we've had a number of car accidents, for instance, and somebody has died in those car accidents. Um, and so to be able to go to, to these families who have had a tragedy happen, we did one here recently, a uh, family in Genoa had a fire, and so Mary was able to take a, a care package to them and has information and just says, hey, if you have any needs, let us know. The pastor is always willing to, to meet with you that type of thing. But it's just a, a care package saying, hey, we care about you. We heard about your tragedy. We're praying for you. And then it also has gift cards in it. So that they don't have to worry about trying to get a meal together during that time. They can just go grab something at a, at a store or a restaurant. So just something that we're trying to put into practice. It's new, so we're still kind of working on that. And then look for ways that you and our church family can help other people. So my favorite story is this. Um, this happened in, in Maryland when I was pastoring there. There's a um, George is his name, and he and his wife used to get together with their high school um, class, and they'd get together like on a monthly basis to have dinner with whoever wants to show up. A lady who's very antagonistic against Christianity and gave them a hard time for praying for their meal every, every time they met. Um, she said, hey, I'm moving this weekend. Anybody can help, and nobody could help. And as George was talking with her, found out that they had one motorcycle and one car to move stuff. If you ever try to put something on a motorcycle, strap it on. Here's your sofa, you know. So, okay, so uh, so George then calls me and says, "Hey, I know we had a bunch of pickup trucks. Can we help this person? When is it? This Saturday?" I'm like, "Oh, okay. Well, yeah. We ended up with five or six pickup trucks from our church at her doorstep, ready to move her. Took two trips, got things settled for her. She was bawling her eyes out, and she also didn't believe that I was a pastor. But that's besides the point." Um, and it wasn't because of the language I was using. Just one on me. You know. It was probably the fact that I drove up with Kim and I think Sarah or something. I said, these are my two wives. Could have had something to do with that. <laughs> but anyways, kind of freaked her out a little bit. Um, anyways, she was just shocked. She could not believe that this is what Christians do. She had another thing in her mind about Christians. So that kind of thing we're able to be able to do with people. So meet people's physical needs. All right. We move on to what we're going to do as a church family. Uh, again, our overall plan is, uh, we might see these hashtags if you're on Facebook. So hashtag for Northwest Ohio, hashtag here for you. We also do life is better together. But again, I don't understand it all, but I do it because I'm told to do it, so I do it. Um, but this idea that we're here for you, we're here for the community. We want, we want people, when they think about Grace Point Church, that they envision a church that cares about the community, that's out in the community doing stuff, that care about people. We need to reach men. 
And I don't know exactly how we're going to do this. I have some ideas. I've been given some ideas. But I'm just going to give you some stats because these are actually really good. So if there's a non-attending father in a household, doesn't matter about the mom. Doesn't matter how often she goes to church or goes to church at all, whatever. She could be a regular attender. If there's a non-attending father, 2% of the children will become regular attenders in a church. That's crazy. If there's a regular attending father, again, doesn't matter about what the mother's doing, 66 to 75% of the children will become regular attenders or irregular attenders. They're going to be connected a little bit to church or regular attending. Just because the dad is showing up on a regular basis. So men, I know that the world is trying to kick us in the teeth, but we're pretty important when it comes to the spiritual development of our children. Really important. Here's another one. If the child is the first one to come to Christ, 3.7% of the family will follow. Now, most people come to Christ as children, but that's because their family is usually connected in. So this is if the child is the first one in the family to come to Christ, 3.7%. If the mom is the first one, 17% will follow the mom's lead. If the dad is the first, Christian, first one to come to Christ, 93% of the family will follow the dad's lead. I hear some people go, oh, wow. Yeah, yeah I mean, Wow! That was a dramatic pause on my part, by the way. 93% of the family will follow his lead if the husband is the one who comes to Christ first. We need to come up with ways of reaching men. And, and that's why we do some of the things that we, we do and, and why we try to make church very normal because guys aren't going to go into something that's crazy and weird. We just don't do that. Okay? And, and, uh, ladies, you can be upset with us for not liking flowers and floral arrangements and all that kind of stuff, but it's one reason why we don't do flowers and floral arrangements out in the lobby and all that kind of stuff, because that doesn't really connect with us guys. And again, we get beat up quite a bit on who we are and why we do what we do, but there's a reason why God has created us men the way we are, and it's interesting to notice how the world beats us up, but God says men step up. Be the man of God I've called you to be. And, and wives, if your husband's not here this morning, it's not for you to go home and beat him up. This is for you to go home and pray for your husband and be a 1 Peter 3 wife. And that is respectfully serve and encourage your husband. Let him know when you see him doing things right. Because we need men to come to Christ. Secondly, you need to share the Grace Point Facebook post. If you're on Facebook, you, know, you need to be posting stuff. You need to be inviting people. We throw stuff up all the time. I hit the community pages quite a bit. But you need to be posting things. Let your friends know that this is what's going on in our church and things will connect with them. Um, invite them. When we have a new series and I put up a new series, invite them to that series uh, and, and continue to do that. Have a neighborhood party. You know, I would put this normally in what you should do, but I'm putting it in what we're going to do is because um, you can have one on your own. That's great. But if you want to have one and finances are kind of tight, your church family is going to come around you and we're going to help you pay for the main dish. Everybody else can bring food. Your neighbors can bring food. Kim and I have one planned um, on the 20th and I think the 
Pruitts are going to jump in on that one. They're looking at what? Um, they live down the road from us, so we kind of brought them in. Uh, it was funny because we were sitting around the fire with some of our neighbors, and they brought it up. Like, hey, we haven't had a get family, you know, our neighbor get together. Yeah, we need to have a neighbor get together. What are we going to do? Well, so now we're going to get together. I think it's the 20th. It's in September. Kim just tells me where to show up. That's all I know. Um, and then I get cleaned up and look real good and all that kind of stuff. But we're going to do a hobo dinner and homemade ice cream. So, and I'm not sure which house we're holding it at, but um, just do that. Have, get a party. Get people together. Get to know your neighbors. We met two other neighbors. Kim's awesome at this, by the way. I don't know if she's in here. But um, she's awesome at doing this. And just met two more of our neighbors across the street from us yesterday. We have the Northwood Fall Festival, October 12th. Um, again, I'm, I'm kind of going long here, but um, quick story. So uh, we did it last year. We went and did a tent, you know, kind of had our stuff out there. And Hagen and I, we sacrificed for Jesus and went to the car show and registered uh, cars that day. And I know, I almost bought a 72 vet, but I didn't have the cash on me at the moment. So I said, ah, better not. Um, I passed. So this year, Renee and Kim went to their first meeting in February, and they said, hey, we want to do something for you. We were saying, we want to do something for you. And they turned it around and said, well, we'll think about it. But then they turned around and said, hey, listen, appreciate that, but what we really need is for people to, to man the bounce house area for the kids. Now, one of the things that we want to do is to reach young adults and young families. And so I thought, interesting how the Lord worked that one. So we scrapped our idea and let them know, hey, we're here for you. And so now we as a church family have committed that we're going to host the bounce house area during the fall festival. We'll get you all kinds of information. You can sign up for a you know, two-hour time slot. We can have our booth sitting there. They said, just feel free, wear your shirts, talk to whoever you want to talk to, uh, talk to them about anything you want to talk to them about. And, you know, um, So we're going to do that because we're here for the community and we're going to be able to represent Christ in that way. Um, Ladies Spa Night, October 25th is coming up. So, sorry guys. I know we're trying to reach men, but I couldn't come up with a men's spa night. I, you know, I don't know. Um, have you seen my toes? Anyways, so, Ladies Spa Night's coming up. Ladies, you'll get more information on that. And then we have the Oregon Fest coming up on May 17, 2020. Um, and that's, uh, by the way, Norwegian Independence Day. But anyways, um, it is, it just is. But Oregon Fest coming up, Justin and Ellie are kind of taking the lead on that. German-American Fest is happening, uh, is it this weekend? Oh, there's Kim. Is it this weekend or next weekend? Next weekend. Oh, see, some of you guys know. So they're, they've put a call out, in fact, even called Kim and said, hey, is any of, anybody at your church willing to volunteer at the German-American Fest? You got to wear Lederhosen. No, you don't. Um, is that what Lederhosen? Is that the right word? I, I'm not German, so I don't know. We didn't wear that kind of stuff in Darway. Um, so, anyways, so wear your Grace Point shirt. Get a hold of the, the people. Kim probably get you the information. Go volunteer for an hour or two over there, okay? It is German-American fest, so be careful. <laughs> um, you know, the Bible does have things about alcohol that you need to be aware of. Um, but get, it, get there. Get, serve your community. Wear your Grace Point shirt, represent Christ. 
All right, some takeaways. First one is this. A disciple, someone has quoted this, this is not my quote, but a disciple is one who has moved from being the recipient of the church's mission to being responsible for the church's mission. So if you've placed your faith in Jesus Christ, you've become a disciple of Christ. And you've received the mission, and now it's your responsibility to help fulfill that. And so, if you're going to be a part of Grace Point Church, you're going to hear this on a regular basis, because this is our job. Not only that, but it's what causes us to grow in our faith. You want to share your faith. You want to talk about Christ, because you'll grow like you've never grown before, and it's an awesome experience to know who God is. Secondly, the gospel was not meant to be kept in a church like an artifact in a museum. Some would tell you that. Your faith is personal. Keep it to yourself. Jesus didn't say it was personal. Keep it to yourself. He says it's personal. Tell everybody. It's meant to be accessible so people can see it, hear it, and experience it through you and through me. That's what we need to be about as a church family. That's what we need to see happening, and that's what's going to cause us to not only grow healthy as a church family, but as individuals to be growing healthy as well. Let's go ahead and stand. We'll close in prayer. Heavenly Father, we thank you for this morning. We thank you for the opportunity to, to worship you in the many different ways that we have already through fellowship, through service, through giving back to you financially, um, to, to worshiping you through song, and now to hear uh, your word and, and even some of the practical things that we can be doing as individual Christians and together as the church. Father, I pray that you would just continue to motivate us, that you would motivate us to be in your word and then develop in us uh, a desire for those in our lives who need Christ and that we would um, desire to see people's eternal destiny changed, transformed. Thank you for the opportunity we've already seen in, in uh, at least 22 people's lives who have indicated salvation. We pray that you continue to bless them and encourage them in their, their walk with you and making yourself very obvious to them. Lord, as we go out from this building today and as we represent you in the world, I pray that you give us opportunities to share our faith, that we would see the needs of people, and that we would respond to them in your power. We praise things in Christ's name. Amen. Thanks for